You know, in, in, in life when, when, when you see pain in your own life or in, injustice in the world or you see evil or you just, you're just tired of the world at times. It's like, yes, Jesus is coming and one day it'll get right. Do you ever find yourself tired and you have no understanding why? Yeah. Like you look and you reflect and you go, I've done nothing. Like there's no reason I should feel tired that I can, like logical reason I can think of. And I think it's just that kind of overwhelming kind of cultural dis-ease. I felt that way yesterday. Yeah. I mean, interesting. Just... We have nowhere to go with this. It's just something I was thinking. Yeah, because, so you know, announcements. Yeah. Um, announcements, 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 announcements. Uh Terrible death to die. Okay, uh, well, a couple things. Hey, we had a donut day yesterday. A lot of people came through. That was fantastic. You know, it is it's such a small thing. We don't have all the lights on. It's such a small thing to, to just bless people with that. And it's amazing how much we can help people. Just give, encourage their day and make them know that people, somebody actually cares about them. And, uh, and that's very appealing, especially in a world where people don't think Christians are actually very nice, which is not true always. Unfortunately, it is sometimes. But we need to he- people need to hear that. They're hurting. Um, second, we have VBS. This is VBS prep week. And so, yeah, there's some enthusiasm. We have Woo! three dates this week. I don't remember when they all are. I know Jesse's probably going to text us when, when it is. I think there's one Wednesday, Thursday. Friday, I don't know. If you're interested, check your email or, or text message this week. If you do not get our announcements, let me know. We'll get them for you. And uh, But there's three weeks, two nights, two nights, like Tuesday, Thursday, and then Wednesday. I don't remember. I can't remember. I'm fumbling because we don't have them in the thing. That's fine. Um, but pray for VBS, if nothing else. You know, one of my, and, and, and Joe and I, you, you've, we've had this conversation before, uh, in the end, the, the only thing that really matters in life is, do you know Jesus? Hmm. I mean, that's it. And I remember after your dad passed and my, pet, my dad passed, it's like, that's it. And this is an opportunity to help these kids know Jesus. This is the age where they're most likely to make a profession of faith is VBS age. And we all want, we want them to have happy lives and wonderful lives you know, blessed, but in the end, you know, as Jesus put it, you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul. It's worthless. So pray for this. Volunteer some time. Spend some time on your knees praying for these kids and for the teachers and that everything goes work well. Um, in, exa- in a week, we're, we're going. So, but this is the week we're going to be prepping for it. If you can spend any time helping, it's not hard to do, but uh, let me know and we can do that. I think that's probably all the major announcements um, if not, I'll come back at the end of the service and remind you, but those are the ones I know of. Tomorrow is uh, Independence Day. Yes, it is. Golly. We didn't have a single Independence Day song today. Oh, well. We let's got pray time. for the country before we get started. How's that? Yeah, let's pray for the country. Um, and then I'll, I'll let you know what we're going to be talking about in the sermon. So let me pray for that. Um, well, actually, let me tell you what we're going to talk about in the sermon. The sermon is... Um, it's good, but it's about how do you, how do you understand the Bible? But in the context, I want to put that in the sense of 
if just this phrase, you know God as well as you want. You do. And it takes hard work to know, to know God. Because he, he wants to be found by the people who actually want to know him. And the primary way to do that is actually look, read the Bible. Because that's how he's trying to tell us who he is. So do you want him? And that's both for people who don't know Jesus at all, but sometimes us Christians, we know God some, and then we're satisfied with that much. And I want to encourage you and I to, to know him better. And we'll talk about how we can get to know God better. Okay? But let's pray for the country. Um, and then we'll get, get, get into worship. Father God, You know, it's, you're, you're good, and you know all things. I do ask for you to bless this country. I thank you for the ways it's been a blessing to the world, to me, and to, to the people we know. Um, we do ask that the, that the, the sins that, that, that we as a country have committed that you, would, um, that you would forgive us, that you would turn this country back and to repent of it, whether it's the, the big sins or the little sins. From There's so many ways that, that we aren't honoring you. We ask, we ask that you would help us to come back to you. We ask that, you would, that, that, you, that truth would ring out. We ask that... that uh, that peace would reign. We ask for the church to, be, to live like you, Jesus. That it would be bold in its witness, but bold in its love too. That it would be both. Help us to, 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 to move beyond just a mental ascent to truth as your, as your people to be truly transformed to be like you, Jesus, to be like your, your, your first followers, that your name would not be maligned, would not be uh, scandalized in our nation. We thank you that in the end, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that our hope is beyond this present moment. And we give you the praise for that. Father, that I, <clears throat> that I may be covered with the dust from your feet as I follow you closely, that people would know me just by whom I, who my pastor is in Jesus, who my rabbi is. I can see me covered with you. Amen.
take a seat. <clears throat> Lord, you know this already. Um, but this song really annoyed me when I heard it first, God, because I heard the word desperate and I, all I could think of was a cheesy love song. And then somebody said, aren't you desperate for him? And I was very convicted by that question because, God, I was so wrapped up into who I thought I was and the control that I had that I wasn't truly desperate for you. And Lord, I ask that I continue to be desperate for you, but also that desperation that is that longing that understands that you will fulfill my needs, that I need not doubt it. Lord, and I ask that we rely on you more. And we hear that today. We hear about the, the bounty of your blessing within our reliance upon you. Thank you, Father. Lord, help us to not be satisfied. with only barely knowing you. Help us to not be satisfied. The things of this life and this world allure us and they, they draw us away from you and our love for you can grow a little stale and cold. So many priorities seem to take, place, take your place. And we live lives with half of the joy, half of the meaning and, and fulfillment and satisfaction that you long to give us. If even half. Lord, I pray for myself as well as all who hear that you would help us you would fill us with a holy desire for you. Pray that you would fill us with the discipline that we need to pursue you. In Jesus' name, amen. Part three about knowing your Bible. And as I was thinking through this, I thought about, well, what's the point here? And it's, it's obviously what I've just been saying. That you know God as much as you, as, as well as you want. Which is really convicting, honestly. If it's not, you're not paying attention. You know him as well as you want. Because God is found. You know, by, by, by those who seek him. Now I'm going to scroll here because my, my, my little uh, device here is not updated. But, here, but here's... No, this is fine. This is fine to it. Here we go. Jeremiah 29 which Jesus is going to paraphrase this, which we'll look at that early, later. 
you will look for me. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you're going to find me. Well, that's, a, that's an unqualified verse. Jesus later, as, as we'll read carefully, if you seek me, you'll find me. Seek and you shall find. Ask and you'll, it'll be given to you. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Which, by the way, Joe, if, you want to, if we want to do that song, we can do it right after the sermon, but we've probably got to add it. Yeah. If you want him. You all know Jesus spoke in parables, right? Remember that? Do you know why he spoke in parables? We're going to look at the verse as we go, but here's the basic answer. So that people would hear the story and go, well, that's a neat story. And some would just walk away like, well, that was entertaining. But others would go, but what does it mean? And they would go to Jesus and say, can you explain it to me? And those people he gave the answer to. The people who wanted the answer. Not just to, it's, so he's telling us, but the only one people who got it is the people who wanted it. God wants you to want to know him. If you don't want to know him, then he's like, well, I'm available. Do you want to know him? And how badly? How badly? Now let's go back to the beginning of my sermon. There we go. Oh, it did update now. Isn't that annoying? Now, isn't that the way it is? To summarize where we've been so far is this. We've looked at the Bible. Well, there we go. And what we said, the first one in this series is, is these books, the books that you find in your Bible, that these particular books are the ones that we say, this is where you hear God. These books, not, not, the, not the Gospel of Barnabas, not, not Enoch, not, not all these other scriptural texts. It's in these books. These are the books that Jesus and his first followers said that these are the books that are sacred. These are the ones that you can accurately hear God. And then we talked about the second one was... This, that scripture is on one hand written by human beings, which we're going to talk a little bit about today. But from another perspective, when you read the Bible, you are literally hearing God speak. We looked at like Acts chapter 2 where, where Peter says, And the Holy Spirit spoke through David, and then he quotes a psalm. That when you read the Bible, you can say this God is saying this. You're quoting God when you quote Scripture. And that, not just the red letters in the Gospels, all of it. This is God speaking. This is where you, in these books, is where you hear God, and therefore it's authoritative. The creator of the universe of you says this. So therefore you should listen to it. And to a certain degree, part of that is just simply, will you submit to it? Will you actually listen to what he says in terms of what is true and what is not, how you should live your life? Not whether you like it, 
Not whether you agree with it, not even whether you understand why, but will you listen to God? There are parts in the Bible that I'm like, that's hard. Or I don't like it. I would rather it be a different way maybe. But that's not my call. It's, will you do what God says? But that led us to the question, well, how do you know what God says? How do you know what the Bible actually says? Now, I gave a couple of thoughts last time about what, how do you know what it says? And I gave you a few, few thoughts, you know, sometimes things are just simply describing what happens. It's not saying how you are supposed to be, but just simply, well, this is what happened. And it's, it might be just an illustration of what not to do. There's lots of that stuff. And there's stuff like maybe you need to look at the principle behind the, 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 uh, the, the command and look at the culture. And there's, there's lots of pieces to how do you know what it says. Well, with today what I want to do is, is I, I want us to think through the Bible. How do we understand the Bible? And last time I said this, and this is what we're going to focus this whole time on, is just that it's hard work. Knowing script, understanding scripture is not easy. No, it isn't hard, but it is, it takes effort. And that's the key thing. It, even a grade schooler can fully understand scripture if they put effort into it. And that's the issue. Will you put the effort in? Will you put the effort in? So, with that in mind, let's put some thinking caps on for a moment and apply some effort for the next probably 20 minutes as I help us think through how do we know it? Okay? How do you know it? And it, there, some of this is going to be, you're going to have to think a little bit. But some of this, interpreting Scripture is honestly just simply doing deliberately what you know you should do to understand anybody, anything, well. And that's why I say it's not really hard. It just takes effort to do so. Okay? The first thing we need to talk about, where is the where is meaning lie? And that mean, that mean, mean, why are you asking that? Well, it matters. Where is the meaning of a, of a communication between two people lie? Where is it? Right? And let me show you this to give you a sense. This is, a, this, is, this, is a, this is kind of an illustration I want you to, to get. Because this is true, not just for reading the Bible, but when you're having a conversation between like your a friend between your spouse there's this is happening all every time there's communication now this I'm, I'm, i've changed the words up for it but this is called what's something that's called speech act theory you, if you really want to dig into it feel free they'll, they'll have different words but here it goes so when i'm speaking even like right now i am speaking to you i'm the speaker and the text is whatever words i'm saying right you're the listener 
you understand, how you understand me has to do with the words I'm saying, right? But do you have any action, ac, ac, uh, access to what's going on in my head? Well, no. You're not in my brain. So the only thing you got is what I'm actually saying. So the speaker says something, and we as a listener, all we can do is interact with the actual words itself and try to guess, try to understand what the speaker is trying to get you to do, to respond. Like if I say to, to, to Dawson, stop slouching, sit up. What am I doing? See, he heard me, and, the, and what I'm trying to get to occur is to have him sit up. Right? That's the response I'm trying to get. Now, all this will make sense when we get into trying to understand the text. But th that little thing here is the speaker is talking, to, is talking, and I'm trying to have a particular response, and the listener is listening to the words and trying to match whatever it is the speaker is saying, is trying to accomplish. So when we come to the Bible, you have no access to Paul. You don't know what... Now, in one sense, you have the access to the Holy Spirit who's with you, but it's kind of... There's an intermediary. It's that all we have is the Bible itself. That's all you got. And whatever it is that God is trying to get us to do to respond, like stop slouching, we have to look very carefully at the text to understand that. Now, in one sense, the meaning is entirely between me and whatever it is that's been said. Or for you, it's, as we're having this little conversation, it's whatever you hear. There's the meaning. But we're trying to get whatever the speaker is trying to say. You want accurate communication. And so when we say things in these books, we hear God, and they're authoritative, okay. But we want to hear what God says. And the implication for this is simply this. A lot of people, all they do is, as they read the text, they don't care what God actually meant. They don't care. They're not trying to respond in agreement with what the speaker is. In their case, it would be speaker, text, listener, and I'm going to have whatever response I want based on whatever it says. You see? It's a straight line. Not a circle, it's a straight line. I'm going to do whatever I want with the text, whatever I want. We're not trying to do that. We want to know what God says. And to do that, we need to look at three things. The content of what's said, the context of what it's said, and what is the concern they're trying to do. And if we put this in, a, in, in an everyday language, it's like, it's this. When you're having a conversation with someone, do you want them to not pay attention carefully to what they're saying? If, I, if, if, if my wife and I are having a conversation, wouldn't I want her to listen carefully to what I'm saying? Yes. To not just sloppily listen and then just assume what it is I'm saying and move on. Isn't that frustrating? You want to look very carefully at the text. And what that means, when we're looking at the Bible, it means things like, 
You need to look at what does the word mean. Look at it, the nasty word from a high school, grammar. And some of us, like I did in high school, did not pay attention to grammar. I thought it was stupid. Now, some of you, like probably Johnny, loved grammar. No? I don't know. I just think of you as a great grammar person. But you can learn it. It's not hard to know what a verb is, to know what a noun is, to know what that is. But you need to look very, very, you need to listen carefully to what it is that God is saying in the text. And listening is not easy. There's a thing called active listening. Do you know, has anyone ever heard of that phrase, active listening? I know you have, Joe. Anybody else? Good. Active listening is hard. And what it means is you're not trying to figure out what you're going to say next. You're actually focused intently on what they're saying to really try to hear every word. And not just the words, but the intent behind them. That takes effort. Actively listening to the text carefully. So we don't sloppily read through the Bible. Words like and, but, therefore. Little words make a huge impact on what God is saying. So listen carefully. Second, you've got to look at the context. Who wants to be taken out of context? Anybody want to have it? Right? How many times are politicians taken out of context, positively or negative? All the time. Who wants that? Nobody wants that. Why? Because it distorts what it actually means. And so we need to look at the verse in context. And that means not just, it means all of these things. So if I pop back here so I don't confuse you here. Context, meaning things like the verses right before and right after. Don't you want to understand someone in terms of what they just said? Or what they're about, or what they said just afterwards? Because sometimes they'll explain what they just meant, right? you got to look right carefully right before. But you also got to look at maybe the entire conversation, or, in the, or to use the analogy of the book, of the Bible, the entire book. Don't just look at one single verse in, let's say, Matthew. Look at the entire book of Matthew. What is it saying? Or if you're reading Paul, don't just read what he said once. Read where Because people tend to be consistent with what they're saying. They use words the same. Not everybody uses the same word exactly the same way. But generally, a person's going to use it the same way in every context. So listen to how they say. But you also got to look at the Bible in terms of what is the context of the entire larger story. Saying things like, I'm proud to be an American today means something very different than in 1776. Now, doesn't it? Okay? The context of the, of, of the time period that we're looking at matters. So for the Bible, you gotta, you know, is, is it in Genesis or is it in Revelation? Is it in, where is it in there? Put it in context. Is there other things said in the Bible that might explain this? Now, you may not always know that, but there are things called cross-references. Some of your Bibles have them. If you don't have them in your Bible, you can go to Google, and Google will tell you them. What's the best place to find a scripture in, in all, anywhere? It's Google. 
you have a scripture and you're like, I can only remember like two phrases of it. Does that ever happen to you? Go to Google. Put that little phrase in there. It'll almost always find it. Now, we, you know, there's good things about it. There's some things we don't like about Google. Fine, yes, yes. But there's some great, he, it's a very good search engine. There's things about the internet we don't like. Yeah, but there's some good stuff too. Type in your verse that you don't know any cross-references for. Try cross-references and put the verse. They'll give you cross-references. They'll help explain what the verse means. You got to look at context. Because nobody wants to be taken out of context. The first point with the context, nobody wants to be not listened to carefully. Second, nobody wants to be taken out of context. But part of the context is not, involves the fancy word is genre. And I've talked about this before. But you don't read a music lyric the same way that you read Moby Dick, do you? You don't read a recipe, an instruction manual, like you would read poetry. Do you? Of course you don't. There are rules for how you, and you know these rules. So, but let me remind you what they are. If you're reading poetry, you know this, you look for patterns, rhythm. In, 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 in Hebrew, it's, there's, there's something called parallel, where it, parallelism, where you say one line and then you repeat it slightly different and you take the two together. It's everywhere. You look for stuff like that. You assume that they're going to use figures of speech because in, in poetry you do. If you're, if you're reading a story, you know what you should be looking for, right? You look at the plot. You look at, the, you look at who the main characters are. You try to figure out what's the main characters trying to accomplish. And do they succeed or do they fail? Do they change? So when we're looking at, like, say, the book of Ruth, which is what we're going through, who's the main person driving the story? And if you look carefully, it's, it's clearly Naomi. And what's Naomi's big issue? She's mad at God because of tragedy in her life. So here's the main issue. God's on trial. Well, how's he going to respond? And so these are the questions you start asking. And how does she change from the beginning to the end of the story? See, this is what you look at. How does the setting affect this? Why do they put it in that setting instead of somewhere else? The setting affects the meaning of the story. These are the kinds of things you look at in, in, in narrative. If you're looking, if you're reading a letter, it's, it's an argument. It's like if you're hearing a speech like this, that means you're looking for the flow of the thought. A plus B plus C equals D. You're, you're, you're trying to figure out how it goes because it's, you know, and maybe it's, it's going like this, and they'll make a little tangent, but then they'll come back to it. Because people do that. They make a side note, and then they come back to their main argument. That's how you read the letters of Paul. Because that's what that style is. We know that. So these are the kinds of things you need to pay attention to. Because there's so many times that we're going to read, we read either poetry, or we read a, a, a story, or we read a letter of Paul and we completely take it out of context. And when you read something like, say, 
in, in story, sometimes they'll mix in other stuff. They'll put a poem in there, and you got to stop and wait, wait a minute, is this poem? Okay, we got to read it as a poem here. And so Jesus does this all the time in the Gospels. It's a story, yeah, but sometimes he puts parables in there, which is a different type of thing. You don't read that just like a regular story. It's not a regular story. It's a specific type of story with a single point. So you just got to think that stuff through. But last context is the historical cultural context. We're going to come to a place here in Ruth where there's going to be some weird things happening and it doesn't make sense apart from the culture. And it'll explain things like why women in, 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 in Paul will say in first, first or Second Timothy that women are not supposed to cut their hair. Well, that's a cultural issue. There's a principle under it, but the, he's dealing with a culture. You need to think that stuff through and be aware of it, at least be aware of it. Because culture effect, affects how people communicate. If I, if I go to, to China and I point with one finger, that's rude. You don't do that. You do it with two fingers. That's why that happens at Disneyland, because it's rude in other cultures. You go to, you go, you, you go to Germany. If you don't belch after the sermon, after, after the, the, the meal, then, then, then they don't think you liked it. But that's rude here. So culture affects communication. You need to read that. You need to work that stuff in there. But finally, you do need to look at the, 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 the concern or what is it that it's trying to, they're trying to communicate. Because ultimately, you're trying to get what God is trying to say. And the only thing I want to say with this is sometimes, just like with our communication, it's not always to do something. Sometimes I want you to know something. Sometimes I want to encourage you, right? Sometimes I want to give you hope. Sometimes I, want, I do want you to do or not do something, but sometimes it's just, there's, there are lots of things that, can, that God may be trying to accomplish. Pay attention to that. And if I could add only one other thing with this, it's just simply this. This is where prayer comes in. You do need to pray, because you do have the author there. Holy Spirit, what are you trying to tell me in this? Now, ultimately, the question is not, what does this text mean to me? It's what does it mean to, to the Spirit? What does it mean to God? That's the question we're trying to ask. And I get a lot of times what we're getting at with, that, with, with saying, well, this text means this to me, is like, I think I'm supposed to do this with it. You're really saying, here's the application I'm trying to get. That's fine. But you need to work on trying to understand what, it, what God meant. What is his concern? So this is what we said. Speaker, there's a listener, there's the text, and then how it is that they're wanting them to respond. And what we're really trying to get at, oh, there we go. Trying to hear those things. But this, this is what we're 
If you want to put it in kind of a, a simple thing, God is speaking in the Bible, and you're trying to understand the Bible so you know what God wants him to, you to do in your life. You need to do the, do the hard work. You need to put in the effort. You need to put in the effort. Because Jesus said, you know, keep on asking. Keep asking, and you'll receive. Ask for. Ask for it. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Seek, and you will find. You want to know God? You got to put in the effort. Now, I can help you. I can help you. If some of this stuff is like that's everything I just said, Brian is like that. That's hard. I don't know how to, I don't know grammar very well. I'm not, I don't have, I don't, I don't know what to do. I can provide the help, but what I can't provide for you is the effort. I can't do that. I can't provide you the humility to say I need help. I can't provide those two things, but I can't help you. Do you want to know God? Do you want to know God? You want his, the depth of knowing who he is. Then do the effort to understand scripture. Don't take the sloppy, easy way. Work at it. Now think about that as we get into to worship now. And as we think about the, you know, the worship, the God we worship, and the question I want you to ask for yourself today is just simply this. How much more do I want to know who God is? How much more do I want to know this God that we're worshiping? And if you want more, say, God, help. Help me know you better. By help, and by helping me do the hard work of understanding Scripture. Because that's where God is revealed the most. Is right there. And it takes effort. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your love for us, that you, that you um, are willing to reveal yourself to us. And I, I, I know for me and I know for all of us, we all could know you much better than we do. As I started at the beginning, Lord, help me to not be satisfied with what it, the level in which I know you. Help us to not to, to, to seek you. Help us all to seek you. Because you have promised that you'll be found when we do. In Jesus' name, amen. That's right, you're fine. It's over there on the floor. But um, I don't know if you noticed earlier when I dropped my pick and I tried to reach down and pick it up, I got up real slow. <laughs> Yesterday was independence from the clutter in the garage day. Um, it was like seven hours and we got about a third of the way done. Yeah, but 
It was funny because Sam was helping me and I asked him to vacuum. And after about five minutes, Sam is 13 for the sake of context. Five minutes, he's like, oh. Starts rubbing his back. I'm like, get out of here. You are useless to me. But like, man, if your back's hurting now, oh, can't wait till you're, yeah, anyway. Um, thanks, Brian. The Lord wants to know you. That's why he came and sent his son, that, that you would have a relationship with him. And that's what salvation is. John 17 says that eternal life is knowing the Father and through the Son. So know him. I know you know him. Some of you know him and have known him a long time. Well, not very long. But go deeper. Go deeper. I know it's effort, and I know there's things that will get in the way. But you won't be disappointed. If you're worried about what it is that how he'll respond to you, remember what we're doing here. That on the cross he was crushed for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The punishment that brings us peace was laid upon him. And in the same way after supper he took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. He made the way. Come to the table. And express your faith and express your desire to, to go deeper. Why do I have you come forward in part? It's because I want you to choose Jesus. And not just have it handed to you. But you have to come forward and say, I want him. So come to the table and say, I want him. And he will meet you there. Come take the elements while we sing the next song and we'll share, the, share them together. The body and blood of Christ given for you. Thank you, Father, that you've said, seek me and, we, and, and, and we'll find you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have opened the way for that to make that possible. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have written to us, that you're in us, that you're working through us to, to understand what you've said about the Father, about the Son. Thank you for enabling us to know you. Help us to know you. 
fill our hearts with a fire, a passion, a desire for you to not be satisfied with the things of this world or the degree in which we know you. Thank you. In your son's name. Amen. Seek him. He is the pearl of greatest price. There is nothing like beholding God the God. The author of all that is good and you can know him more. Just make the effort. God bless. We'll see you guys next week.